Guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. We're a little bit late tonight, but that's okay because the original guest actually had to cancel. But, hey, somebody came in from the dugout, and and not only is he going to be on the show tonight, he's probably going to be on the show like four more times because this guy's got a lot of stuff going on. I've known Jason for a long time on Twitter and Facebook. Like, it's, it's so funny when I have people on the show that I've met only on Twitter and Facebook. It's, like, weird to actually meet them. Like, Scott right. Stevens from Eat Sleep Golf. Like, it's weird. Like, I see a face, and it's a name, and it's a person, not a profile picture. But the guy that we have with us tonight has got a lot of stuff going on, and I, I was struggling to figure out what we were going to focus on. And initially, I was like, oh, director of golf of this course, director of golf of that course, four-door golf, titleist. Like, we had a lot of things to talk about. So we're just going to basically start with four-door golf as the focus of tonight. We're going to talk about all of these things. But in the future, I feel like he's going to come back on this show. Like, you've seen guys like Brandon Stukesbury and Jesus Martinez. Those guys have been on the show a few times. This guy, I have a feeling, is going to come back. But tonight on the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf, we have Jason Sedan from Four-Door Golf. Jason, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Thank you, Ricky. Good to be here. So you just have kind of like me, dealt with a lot of stuff, right? Like the hurricane happened. You just got back from Ireland. We're going to talk about a lot of that stuff tonight. We only have a half an hour, and it was funny because I normally have about 36 questions from Eat Sleep Golf, and tonight I came up with 18 of my own, and I'm very proud of myself because I had to stop myself because we had to go live. And then you made the comment that, oh, a full round, and I'm like, wow, two years in, and I never thought of this because, you know, golf, 18 holes, 18 questions. Yeah, anybody that doesn't understand golf now understands. But I love the concept of four-door golf. So versus me trying to explain what it is, start with an overview, the elevator pitch of what the concept is, and then the four doors. Like, it's legitimately four doors. So it is. overview, I mean, I, and then tell me about the four individual doors. It, it really is just something that I backdoored from, from a young age. I used to cringe. Uh, somebody calls the house, and, and they don't know you. You pick it up because we didn't have caller ID, whatever. Uh, is Mr. Sidden there? Is Mr. Sedan there? It's like, no, sedan, like a four-door is what my parents used to say. That's and awesome. I just go, oh, no, you're kidding me, right? So then 10-plus years ago, I get down to Florida, and they're like, who are you? What do you do? Oh, sedan. Oh, that's four-door. So that was just my name uh, you know, down here at PGA Village was that's four-door. So then I figure I'm going to make this into something. And what I made it into was just the cornerstones of how I teach the game. Uh, starting generally with what is the tool in your hand, door number one, how the club works, what are you trying to do with that? Um, I'm big into the fitness, biomechanics end of things that it just, that's sort of intriguing to me. I took college physics in high school just because I thought that was cool. And how all that stuff kind of intertwines is uh, how the body works in door number two. Door number three is where I thought I'd spend my entire career as how the swing works and what most people are coming for a golf lesson trying to figure out is tell me that thing that I need to do to hit all those shots the way I want. And the reality is we have door number four, how the game works. And that's where I spend the vast majority of my time these days. Uh, just fell in love with being able to get people putting the ball in the hole faster. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, but more than just the swing tweaks that are, you know, certainly critical in that, but how people can assimilate changes and how you can get them out to the golf course, putting in the ball, putting the ball in the hole faster is, uh, sort of the, the essence of what I do now and where I work and how I do my, 
my shtick. That's awesome. Well, I never like so you're blowing my mind all tonight with the 18 questions, 18 holes, sedan, four door. All, all the numbers are adding up. <laughs> that right there is why you're coming on the show at least six more times. Now, I I am excited to have another Floridian on the show. Um, I never want to go through a hurricane again, and I I didn't even really go through it, quite frankly. So, give us an overview of how you handled that, what you did, did you leave, did you stay? Like, I mean, tell us where you are in Florida, and then. <laughs> What at you the did during the hurricane? At the present moment, I'm in Port St. Lucie, Florida, where I've lived for 10 years. And I was not here until probably 23 hours ago. So I landed last night. I've spent uh, the summer in New Hampshire. Lake Winnipesaukee Golf Club is my summer haven. A couple hours outside of Boston. So if you're on the North Shore, you head up to the lake. If you're on the South Shore, you do the Cape Cod thing. Um, you don't try and battle through downtown to, to get there. And of course we've got people that come in from all over just because the lake is a beautiful place. But, um, where did I spend Irma in the Southwest of Ireland based <laughs> mainly out of Killarney, which if you ever have the chance, I highly recommend really fun city. But I mean, it was a stressful trip, making sure that my family and my units all situated for, uh, what was coming and and we dodged a, a serious bullet over here on the east coast and uh, yeah I just had to play all the greatest links courses in Ireland while that was going on well I was over there the day so I I got I told you before we went live I got back the next day and then evacuated like so I still don't think I've caught up like I have no idea no what way. day it is let alone what time it is so it's like two o'clock in the morning I'm wide awake I don't know and the hurricane put stress on everybody right and the storm was supposed to go up the East Coast. No offense. I wish it would have. But then it came over and was like, oh, we're going to hit Naples because that sounds like a fun thing to do. So we went all the way to Georgia and got hit with the strongest storm they've ever had. Thank you again to Brandon Stukesbury for taking us in for six nights. And I'm never going to let him live that down. Like, that's now his legacy is letting us crash with him while we suffered through that hurricane. So glad you're home. Glad you're safe. I'm kind of not glad you're back from Ireland because I was supposed to go to Ireland on my Scotland trip, and I didn't. So next year I'm going to make up for that, and I'm going to hit Ireland next year. And I had two guys that that had been to Scotland before with me in Ireland, and they said it doesn't even compare. Ireland is hands down for golf. Uh, you know, there's the history, there's all these things, but man, it was it was spectacular. Okay, and hang on, I played one round. It was a beer trip, right? It wasn't a okay. golf. Trip. I played one round, and I played the over there. Was not great. I mean, old course is pretty spectacular, right? I mean, I don't know, like. Right. No, 100%. 100%. I haven't been there either, so I'm not dogging it. But oh, dear, from, from the guys that had, they said the golf that we played was was ridiculous. And we did I, – I made some pretty outstanding arrangements, I will say that. Um, Old Head and, and a course that opened not maybe seven weeks ago, Hogshead, is going to end up probably being the Pine Valley of Southwest Ireland or all of Ireland, frankly. Uh, because it was so new and I knew some people we got on there and it was just absolutely mind blowing. Well, if you need a fourth the next time you go, I might be yeah, available. <laughs> so now let's, let's go back to this. You're the director of golf too. Like, I mean, the four door thing has got it going on and we're going to talk about a book that might be on the table, but you're the director of golf at two properties. Like how does that work? Um, so actually director of instruction, I have director of golf that I, communicate with at both locations where, you know, they're handling so many day-to-day things for the membership. And, you know, my focus is player development, being able to deliver programs 
and you know basically walking people through those doors there's club fitting there's fitness there's swing tweaks and let's go get out to the course that that's sort of my uh role in it's a little different in different facilities but that those administrators those uh you know managers are dealing with so many things that the the quintessential golf pro duties of playing and teaching. I just happen to pick up uh, a lot of slack in. So it's, uh, it works out well for what I like to do, how I like to do things. And, um, you know, just making sure that I can establish relationships with people. That's, that's one of the bigger pieces for me because, uh, you can come for a golf lesson and hopefully you take away a great experience. But when we start digging deeper and peeling back the layers of the onion, that's when the, the, the fruits really come, uh, you know, out of the labors that you put in because you want to hit those golf balls better. You want to make sure you're spending your time and and getting something for it. And it's really interesting. A guy that I played uh, six days in Ireland with, I gave maybe one lesson before. He just thought it was a cool trip and wanted to jump in. And the 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 understanding that I had of his game when we came back and were was able to, you know give them 30 minutes of, of stuff that just was go work these two things, these ways. Now that we've tested out some, some stuff, he's loving it because it's, it's unlike an experience that he's had before. Not everybody's going to get the six days in Ireland, but you can, if you hit me up on four door golf. <laughs> That's awesome. So the two clubs they are different, right? Like they're similar in terms of, you know, the overall aspect of the clubs, but they're, they're in two totally different environments, two exactly. totally different sets of members and, and, and daily fee play talk about the clubs how do they compare how do they differ and which of the two do you prefer i mean obviously you'd like them both you're at both but kind of talk about the difference between the two sure no and i think um right off the bat it's it's an amazing complimentary thing because as i taper down in one i get to pick up in the other i get beachside uh challenge wind i mean this is a championship caliber golf course at orchid island golf and beach club we're also uh, hosting a USGA championship in 2018. So it's going to be uh, more on the radar than I think it is now in Vero Beach, Florida. It's it's uh, one of the more understated, but yet very high-end facilities where uh, Lake Winnipesaukee Golf Club is way off the beaten path. It's uh, a spectacular layout, lots of elevation change, very player friendly nonetheless i think uh, especially playing the right set of tees you're not forcing yourself into long carries you have fairly generous fairways but for a course that also hosted the new england open championship for five or six years before i got there it will test the greatest players in the game from from the tip so uh, you know for me it's it's fun going from different grasses to different elevations to uh like you say different memberships we're a little busier at orchid island i'd say uh, moderately busy where lake winnipesaukee is uh, pretty quiet and it's by design so i get in a inordinate amount of time to just jump out with members and go play because that's that's the role that they want me there for and um, in Florida I'm able to structure some more group activities that are really engaging and being able to 
get people involved with one another to go play golf, to enjoy the process of getting better at golf and not just sort of sinking back and going, oh, my golf game isn't really where I wanted to be, but I don't know what to do. I have practice club three days a week. I have a players club, which is join me for nine holes every Saturday. So um, Orchid Island a little bit busier. Of course, that fluctuates, uh, especially into the, the shoulder season months. And then Lake Winnipesaukee is, is just a summer getaway that's better than, you know, much of anything else that I could imagine is out there. That's awesome. So you studied golf management in college. Tell me about that program and, and what that <laughs> You've meant. You've done your homework, you, Ricky. No, I mean, of course I did. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, so what that meant to where you are today, how that helped you yeah, get to where you are today. It, it was immense. I uh, grew up just outside New York City in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, and thought, geez, what the heck am I going to do? At 15 years old, uh, my high school golf coach hands some newsletter, uh, newspaper article, major in golf in college. So then it starts going, okay, there's the PGA professional. Um, if you want to be a instructor, which at that time I was, uh, working with my childhood coach through an adult education program that was run through a local high school, teaching people five, six, seven times my age at the time, uh, and enjoying it. So I said, I want to be the best in this coaching world, uh, golf instructor world. So master professional in the PGA kind of came to, to my mind when I learned of it and said, well, what do I have? What boxes do I have to check to get there? So, uh, by being able to kind of co-major in both business and golf in college, I thought that was a very efficient track. Uh, I went through that, and as soon as I got down to Florida thereafter, uh, pretty much as soon as I could, I went through the certification process through the PGA. Um, ultimately, I at some point I had on the radar, I want to be the youngest master professional ever in, in instruction. I later come to realize that actually means a whole lot more to be a master professional. I don't think I'm there yet. I haven't mastered anything. So I look at that as later on in life, I'm I'm doing that. And in the meantime, I'm just fordoring it up but that program uh having set me up through just just the efficiency probably saved me three four years and the accountability of having to do things in, in a certain time frame um, i really need that just like uh, this book coming out i've got certain deadlines because it's a nice thought you can you know ideas are great to say i want to do this i want to do that but where's the stake in actually making it happen uh, yeah, I should go do more interviews. Okay, well, here we go. Pony up. Let's let's do it. So uh, as far as getting me through, uh, you know, what, what was probably the biggest change or opportunity for me in my spring semester, my junior year, my director comes to me and says, we want to send you to this leadership conference. I go, oh, great. They send me to Port St. Lucie, Florida, where I'm at the moment. Uh, <laughs> At the PGA Village, which was the PGA of America's flagship facility, they've had uh, 72 holes of championship golf, 35-acre learning center. The PGA's education department is based out of here. And a lot of those things might be, might be changing, but when I got here, I was wowed. Wowed. I said, yep, sign me up. So I come down and do what I thought was going to be a, a three-month internship after my, my fall semester, senior year. And, oh, surely I'm going to get these great jobs in the New York City area, and I'm going to be this unbelievable teacher, and that's going to be just great. Uh, turns out the kid that just finished college 
isn't going to get all those jobs that he thinks he should get. So I just grounded out for like three and a half years down here, uh, wound up going back to uh, a great teaching gig thereafter. So it was, uh, it was definitely worth that segue and, and still having to sort of earn your stripes in the real world and, and in a very busy environment. That was, I think, another piece that accelerated my career because we had golf schools running through. We had 120,000 rounds of golf in a year. So as a guy that aspires to be a, a general manager, you can appreciate 120,000 rounds of golf. Um, and that was actually over three courses. That You got your fill of just about all avenues. That's pretty aggressive. Yeah, that's a lot of rounds. Now, Brandon, who I was talking about earlier, wrote a book, The Wedge Book, and it is awesome. And he may be working on another one here pretty soon. Yeah. Wink, wink. That's what he's going to call that. You mentioned, you dropped a little hint there. You got a book coming. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this this last summer has been sort of my uh, focus to produce this piece of content that just kind of tells what I'm about, where I'm going. It's It's sort of centered around my fourth door to success. It's called golf garage the fast track so the idea is we're going to repair your strategy for the drive to success and all my doors lead to that drive to success but repairing your strategy things the concept of this book is things that you can be doing without any practice you don't have to go hit balls to do what is in this book and go ahead and score better uh, it might take practice to maximize but if you follow some of these guidelines uh, you've got a tremendous opportunity to save strokes it's the stuff that i'm consistently asked when i go out and either play with members or have on-course coaching sessions it's it's all the things that are fed to me i'm like people need to know this before they even go out to to practice or go out to try and score better on the golf course so lots of good nuggets in there um, should be dropping that second week in November and uh, pretty excited about that. Awesome. That's really cool. Like I, I enjoy having guys that have written books. Now you're on the show tonight is four door golf. And I know that we're talking about 16,000 things, but we'll have you back on after the book drops in season three. I put up two fingers because we're ending season two. But I'm still getting used to this whole seasons thing, but now you're a lead coach for the golf channel Academy. I know a lot of guys over there at the golf channel. I mean, just a slew of guys, right? So what's that project been like for you? How often are you at Golf Channel? Like, what's what's that like for you? It's very cool because I've been involved with sort of the the groundbreaking end of that and, and the organization that really put that together for over 10 years. And it was only two and a half years ago that it really came into this current mold uh, and recently, even from a startup level, now being in, in involved with the Golf Channel directly and Revolution Golf is now folding into that. There's a lot of things on the horizon, but um, ultimately, it was an interest in having marketing tactics and, and just a, a centralized hub for some of the best coaches in the country. I think we're over 85 lead coaches now. Uh, all across the world. We were in the Czech Republic and Canada. So it's a great group of coaches that we are not subscribing to. This is how you swing the club, but we are subscribing to there are steps to mastery of, of different skill sets. And uh, you're going to get a 
assessment before you just get the prescription. There are certain kind of core fundamentals that we can all agree on. And then you're free to go about your business in your setting. Some people are indoors, some people are outdoors, some people have a mix of both. But for me, it's it's basically tied to my New Hampshire uh, setting at Lake Winnipesaukee Golf Club. We are a uh, golf channel academy site. So we have uh, a, a piece of territory that the, the funnel sort of feeds to our location. And from that, it gives me the opportunity to do some really exciting things, to collaborate with Golf Channel Amtour, to collaborate with uh, Morning Drive and, and be a you know, coach of the week. Uh, that's been very cool to be in the studio a few times. And then I'm, I'm there, they're in Orlando, so it's not far from us uh, here in Port St. Lucie to get up another couple times a year, whether it's for meetings, whether it's for media training, whether it's for uh, doing some Facebook live stuff because that's, you know, turning into a whole nother channel of content and, you know, and, just you know, kind of, kind of associating myself with people smarter and things that I don't, you know, spend all the time doing, uh, who is Jason Sedan? What is four door golf? Why is this a thing? I mean, they let me just come on and tell the world about it. And, and they kind of thought this is new. This is different. Let's go with it. So, um, actually going back on the 15th and 16th or 16th, 17th in, in November, talking about the book a little bit, but it's playing under pressure month. And I think it, it ties in nicely to what I've been doing lately because I've been on for long drive. That was fun. I can, I got that, but uh, it to me is not as relatable to the viewers or to the people that uh, I coach that sure I can hit it over 300 yards. What about you? How are we going to work on you? So that's, that's where this focus is playing under pressure, being able to put the ball in the hole faster and uh, doing it when it matters the most. Matters the most. That's awesome. Like about 15 people come to mind when you were talking through that from the M tour to the social media stuff. So that's really cool. You're involved with that. Now let's say that John Doe on the range says, Hey, I want a lesson. What do you charge per hour? Uh, I interestingly enough do 45 minute coaching sessions. I figure that is enough for me to get somebody better in one facet of the game that I haven't worked with before. Uh, a lot of people that extra, uh, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is, it's just observe practice. So I try and invite them back to some practice time that I allocate as opposed to you just soak the sponge. Now's not the time to keep repping generally speaking. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at. And for price point, one twenty-five. Uh, for non-members, and that's at Lake Winnipesaukee Golf Club. I also teach out of PGA Village here in Port St. Lucie still. So um, Orchid Island, you, it's a lot more than that because you got to buy a house first. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let's, you're closer to me at PGA Village, so let's just let's focus there. Now, you have a Titleist hat on. Tell me about your relationship with Titleist. I know you have one. Well, uh, I just think they're awesome, frankly. Uh, I've played – their gear since I was in high school, like 975D we're talking about. So that's, uh, that's going back a ways. Um, I don't think I've had any other driver in the bag for, but maybe a couple months if that, and and that hasn't happened in years because I just believe in their stuff that much. I think it's always been a high quality shaft head combination. A lot of other companies are catching up in some of those, you know, regards, but what they do from golf ball to wedges to irons to metal woods to drivers across the board, I don't think is giving up anything to anyone. 
So yeah, I'm I'm very happy to be involved with them, and as long as they keep uh, having me, I'm I'm happy to you know be a part of Team Titleist. But it's it's you know it's not that I'm out shouting it from the rooftops. It's just that they are that good, and I'm that lucky. That driver is not still in my bag, the 975. It's in the garage in the golf right. bag. And I, I couldn't get rid of it. It was so funny. Before I moved here, I had, like, sets of clubs. And I went to, like, this second-hand store. And it was, like, what was it called? Like, Second Guys Golf or something. They buy used equipment. And I, I gave them seven dollars. Yeah, I, I wish. They offered me a dollar. And I'm oh like, I paid 500 for the shaft. Like, I don't want to hear your $1. I'll keep it just for the fact that I can hang it on my wall one day. Right. So I totally appreciate that driver. And that, that driver, it still, I mean, not that I'm still playing it by any means, but it was a straight driver. Like, you're right. Titleist makes good equipment, and I still play the Pro V1. So it's, it's a good ball. Now, I didn't tell you before we, we went live, this was going to fly by. I got time for a couple more questions before we jump into the back nine. I want to know what this hashtag lunchtime lesson is all about. I mean, social media guy, right? So the hashtag, but what's it all about? Uh, my kind of lunch breaks last fall, uh, I'm sitting here going like this, you know, just eating a sandwich or having a salad and going, what, what's going on today? Because I get my about 30 minutes in, in a fall winter scenario. Um, I'm, I'm full bore morning, full bore afternoon. So what I get in the middle of the day is a bit of a reprieve and, and also trying to keep up. And I go, okay, what's happening? If something was interesting. Facebook Live was kind of popping a year or so ago. Um, I had done some Facebook lives over the summer and prep for some tournament stuff and, and got good reactions to it. So I said, if I'm doing this, somebody else must be doing this. And I was going to make it a thing. So Fridays at noon, I was doing a lunchtime lessons. And my vision for this is that I'm out there with, whether it's a student or whether it's just myself, maybe it's another coach being able to answer your questions right on the spot. What do you want to know? What shots do you want to see? What do you want to know about how I'm creating them? And I think that's a pretty unique play that um, I don't see anybody else doing. So I, I know I would tune in for like a golf digest or a golf magazine live with this pro Brady Riggs, like five plus years ago was going live for golf magazine and I just thought it was a great concept. And now with your own mobile device, you can do these things. So uh, I'm going Facebook and Instagram every Friday. I've actually taken a little time off between Irma and Ireland and now just getting back to see my kids for a couple weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm giving the babysitter a long weekend, so I'm taking Fridays. I might do something like this, and I've done a lot of like this over the summer because it just isn't the greatest internet connection up there, but I, I'm... I've got some stuff up my sleeve for being able to integrate different technologies on the live broadcast that I just think is going to be killer. So we'll, we'll keep that one in the bag for a little, longer. a little longer. Well, this is live via Google plus hangouts. I love Periscope and Facebook. So keep doing what you're doing. Like it's awesome. Right. And I think you should also dabble in Periscope, which is Twitter's yeah. version of Facebook live. Cause that 100%. was like three years ago. So right. I, I, I did a test maybe, eight months ago, 10 months ago, where I did a the exact same thing on Facebook and the exact same thing on Periscope. I had over 300 people watching on Periscope. I had one on Facebook Live. So Interesting. 
I'm just saying. I don't know. Facebook Live is good because it's it's there. It's immediate. I'm just and it's gotten better than what it was prior. And one of the cool things that not a lot of people know is that if you unlock your phone and you turn it sideways before you start the broadcast, correct, correct. it will do the broadcast in an actual format that people will not yell at your screen about. And so I would say one of the reasons that had me keep going with it was I was getting pretty decent snippets of what I could then back in, cut out, and, and repost to different places because, hey, these were three really good nuggets that I can share the rest of the week, and you got to come watch the next episode. Now, last question before we jump to the back nine. I am really curious to hear about your trip to Ireland because I just got back from Scotland. I was in, in London and Scotland, and it wasn't a golf trip. I played one round of golf. You played a little bit more golf than that, based on what I can tell. But give us the elevator pitch of what that trip was, who went, how many people went, where you played. Like, make us jealous. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. So, uh, it logistically is um, it can be challenging to get the lineup of things that you want to do on the dates you want to do them and the flights that you want to catch. So I was working with Car Golf Travel. Uh, a friend of mine, Sean McTurnan, is a, uh, a good Irish lad that's now working in Boston. And he put me in touch with him last PGA show, and we just chatted. I said, I think the fall would be an ideal time because uh, we really die down after Labor Day, and uh, it gives me some time to talk to my clients that will be up there. So we flew from Providence, Rhode Island, into Cork, played Old Head Golf course that is just out of this world right off the plane where we got an 11 o'clock tea time after the red eye so not entirely advisable but to play it in the uh, rotation and times that we were doing we had to get that flight and a lot of flights only go into Dublin or Shannon or something so we got this direct in unbelievable um, after that shot over to Killarney for five nights it was myself and five uh, amateurs so we played uh, two threesomes most of the time, and we had a point quota game that went throughout the week, and everybody had a ball with it. But we played, let's see, uh, Clarny Golf and Fish, which has hosted the Irish Open, I think, three times, and then went down to uh, Dukes, which is a real gem that's off the beaten path, right on the water. Dukes Golf Club, phenomenal. Uh, played Hogshead that afternoon. So that was our 36 whole day. We were really kind of on the travel end for probably an hour on a bus each day, but we had a nice bus. We had nice hotel rooms. So it was, it was a cool place to be played um, Bally Bunyan in pouring rain all day, <laughs> not much wind, but it was just soaking. It was brutal. And we get to dinner that night and the guys from car golf came down to Dublin to meet us and like, we know you had a long day, and the weather's been pretty brutal. I asked the caddies each of the first three days, rate me one or you know one to ten, how bad is this? And they said nine, all three all first of the three days. I was like, but my guys, we're all like, well, I mean, it's not great, but we're all right with it. Like, this is way more fun than anything we'd ever done. So uh, they, they pulled one out of a hat for us. We had about a three-hour trip the next day to try and play La Hinch. And instead we audibled and that was in like the afternoon where the forecast was worth. We played Tralee, which is an Arnold Palmer design only about an hour from Killarney. And it might've been my favorite course. Uh, Old head was right there, but condition wise was awesome. Experience was awesome. And that was all because they just, 
they've got the right connections to say, all right, let's go play at eight o'clock that next morning elsewhere. Uh, so then we, we had one more round after that, I think at Waterville, which is, uh, Payne Stewart was actually the captain there right before his passing. And it was just a great way to end the trip because we had spectacular weather that day and, uh, just really, really cool way to, to top it off, which is actually live because we went for an extra 11 holes for a three club challenge, uh, on the way back to Killarney. Uh, we played as a six them at like four o'clock. It was hilarious. And, uh, there were some skins had out there for that. <laughs> That's awesome. You should have done one club, seven iron, 10 cup style. Yeah. I, I, I tried pushing for, uh, some, you know, trimming it down. They're like, no, we got to have at least this. And I said, all right, but nobody can bring a putter. Cause that's, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This is awesome. I feel like I could talk to you for hours because you have about 11 different things we could talk about. Right. I would like to hear more about this trip to Ireland because I'm going to Ireland next year. Again, not on a golf trip. Like, I go on these beer trips. We're doing five countries next year, and Ireland and Northern Ireland are going to be two of them. And it's not and about – I've already got a trip planned for May. I came back, and within 24 hours, I said, I know what I want to do next, and Charlie's on the list, but I'm going May 20th to 26th. Uh, looking for for seven amateurs that can come from anywhere. So, if anybody's out there looking for a good trip, I now know pretty much the lay of the land. We're playing Royal County down, and uh, back to Tralee and hitting La Hinch this time since we missed it last. Last, dude, that's awesome. That's cool. You put these together and then you do this for for these folks, and that's just really cool. So, before I let you go, though, I know it's late, yeah. but let's do this thing called the back nine. Just nine fun random questions. We've already done the eighteen. We didn't get all eighteen in because we no way. For hours, we got like seven in. Like I just that was fantastic. But you ready for your back nine? Hit me up. I assume it's a Pro V one, but what golf ball are you playing? Pro V one X. See the X, like I can't it doesn't spin. I don't swing hard enough. And you said you hit it three hundred. I hit it three hundred after I hit driver four iron, but you know, not the I, same league. I tried switching to the Pro V this year because I heard it was actually gonna launch a little lower and I like that, especially on my wedges. But I was getting so much spin, which is, you know, for anybody that thinks the Pro V1's not for them because they don't swing hard enough or whatever, like all these marketing tactics that are out there, this thing spins, it's fine. It's, it's better than pretty much anything else out there. Um, a lot of companies can try and rival it, but bottom line is quality control is what you're paying for. Not technology that makes one ball amazing, the quality control that each time, that's the only piece of equipment you use on every shot. Every shot, so make it count. Bingo. Probably one for me all day long. What is your favorite golf movie? And if you say The Legend of Bagger Vance, you win no, a prize because no. no one has ever said that, and I want them to because it's not a bad movie. Like, it's good. I mean, uh, honestly, I would probably say Happy Gilmore, but if we're talking about, like, kind of real golf, then, then Tin Cup is still something. I have a hard time changing the channel. Uh, Both even though are Kevin awesome. Costner you can turn a golf like, channel right now, and I guarantee they're right. not playing – Tim Gump, like, do you think he gets paid like every time they play that? Because if so, he's a very rich man. <laughs> yeah. So you already said three hundred yards, but how far do you hit your driver? Like on average, like yeah, PGA Tour long? Yeah. yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Next question. You don't even. I know the answer I, to this. I, it's on the caddies in Ireland were like, "Wait, you're gonna do what?" I was like, "Just trust me." How many aces have you had? It's not a matter of if you've had. I know you've had multiple. Share, three. but tell the world. Three. Yeah. Three. three. What was, the, what was the longest one? Um, that's a good story because it was uphill, par three, obviously, at uh, Orchid Island. My first year there, playing with the club president at the time, 
I roast a five iron. So that would be around a 200 club, but it was like uphill into the wind. And he goes, I think you're just short. I go, I think it's in the hole. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. 200. That's my hybrid. Whatever. Do you ever get nervous on the first tee? Like you're a pretty solid player, but do you ever get nervous? Yeah. I mean, competition is what's going to bring that out. I mean, it's, it's not something that, you know, I enjoy playing with club members, but, uh, played the new England PGA championship and, and wasn't, it was more excitement than nerves. I would love to get playing enough again to where I would feel nervous. So that's, that's actually something I look forward to is like, it makes you pay attention a little more. <laughs> now you may not know all of what's going on here because you've been traveling and you just got back, but um, word on the street is that Twitter is going to extend character limitations from 140 to 280. I will save my rant because I've been posting it all over Facebook and Twitter over the right. last two days. And I am anti, like, I will quit Twitter tomorrow if they do that. Now, trick question. In 140 characters or less, explain your comments on changing from 140 to 180. So see what I did there? Like, I make you talk about yeah. 280 and 140. Uh, I'm just going to say don't do it because the whole point is brevity. Bingo. I posted a thing yesterday and I even printed it out and posted it at Tiburon today that the future of content is less content. Don't give me the ability to say more because if I want to say more, I'll go to Facebook or I'll go to Instagram or I'll go somewhere else. I'll write a blog and post a link. The reason why Twitter has been so successful is it limits me to 140 characters, period. I've seen one guy, one person tonight, he was posting, oh, I like it. Yeah, well, I don't agree with you, one guy that said that, because everybody else hates it. And what I almost think is that Twitter's like, let's just throw this out there to upset That's a bunch of people and make, make some noise, push Twitter to the top of the conversation, because Twitter's had a lot of bad rap over the last however yeah. long he's been president. So the idea is that it puts a little, I mean, it's not, this is not good press, but any press is good press. So I, I don't know. Exactly. I think it might be just a little, because they've threatened this before. Would and, we be talking about Twitter tonight? if it weren't for that. No, not at all. I might, because there are times where I'm like 140 characters or less, do this, because Twitter is awesome. But, you know, but no, if it happens, I'm going to slowly leave the network. And somebody made a good point today. My buddy Jason said, what if they allow it for people that will pay for it? So if you want more characters, you pay a monthly subscription or kind of a freemium model. And that would work because nobody's going to pay for more space when nobody wants more space to begin with. Right. Who is your favorite LPGA Tour player? Not PGA. Stacy Lewis. Really? Now why? Uh, we used to work out together. I mean, that, and that's she's a champion. I mean, holy crap! <laughs> I mean, what All she right. pulled off. Like I was, I was just so thrilled for her win uh, out in was it Oregon or Washington, and and she's putting it all back into Houston. Like phenomenal, Supergirl. Good. Good call. That's way better than she's cute. Like, that's got an actual meaning to use to work out. Anyway. Now, I, I'm sure you know, and everyone at home knows, because every single episode of this show ends with this question. He's all around me. Tiger, he was on the news today. He's, he's the GOAT. Do you think Tiger breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? And we're friends here, and don't ruin that by giving me a bad answer. So what do you think? Why or why uh, not? The, the first answer is no. Um, the second answer is I am definitely a, a Tiger fan. That, like, 97 is when I got into golf. So I've gone this far, and he's made the game this 
accessible and this lucrative or whatever it is at the highest level. I mean, there's nothing I like more than like watching Pebble Beach in 2000. Like, wow, you know, that was St. Andrews in 2000. Holy cow. What he was doing was just unbelievable. So you'd like to think, yeah, he, he could keep doing that. But I just, my door number two, his body, I, it's, it's. Now, hang on, hang on to that very point. If his body is back, if he gets healthy, he's never come back healthy. If he's finally waited that amount of time, which he has, it's been almost, I mean, a year and a half. If, if he comes back healthy in February, April, and plays seven years with a healthy body, does that change your answer? Um, I would, I'm like, that would be the most optimistic I would be. I still just think fatherhood has probably changed so much with that. And, and also what amounts to be single father, Jack, who he's chasing, had Barbara. And that was a unit that moved that forward, regardless of what was going on. Um, he can focus on the game and that, so now that, you know, he's got to be dad, he can't, he could, right. It's all just priorities, but honestly, if, if he doesn't, and it's for a reason like that, I'm good. You know, he's still, like you say, the goat. Well, he is the reason why I even know what golf is. And I'm self-servingly a little, a little focused on him breaking the record because I have a lot of tiger memorabilia that is worth nothing. If he doesn't break that record, like I got a good bonfire planned if he doesn't break that record. So now your final question of the hashtag Wednesday match play presented by eat sleep golf is what's next. I mean, the book's coming up. You're the, the director of instruction at seven different properties. You've got four door golf. Like what's next for you? Like what's yeah, more. next for you? Big focus. Yeah, more. More. And and it's just what it is, is it's growing it to people like the book is now a piece of content that anybody can get from Amazon. Um, Self-publishing that. So it's just, it's my reach play. Uh, I'm actually involved. So what's next? In two weeks, I will be the featured coach on Golf Digest's EduFi space. It's called... uh, teachers on demand. And I think this is an incredible platform that has a huge upside that not enough of my students take full advantage of. It's, it's on your phone right here, direct link to me. And whether you want to charge for it, like golf digest is, is going to do, there's a free trial. There's all this, you know, I could have a four door space. I can have uh, individual spaces and depending on levels of subscription around the world, um, it's a one-to-many platform or a very useful video analysis file uh, library of everything that is your golf. And if you are a 12, 14-year-old kid that maybe wants to play college golf, for you to keep compiling stuff eh, weekly in your golf journal that is your edufy space and your coach can vouch for all of these things that you've done. It's an incredible platform that uh, I'm excited to see what sort of interaction I get with uh, those folks out at golf digest because they've, they've ponied up to, to bring 12 of the you know best young teachers together and be able to help these people that are getting involved. And it's very, very new. It's only been out a few weeks. So a couple more weeks, you'll see me posting very regularly there. So if you haven't seen it yet, Ricky, you got to get in for your, your free two week trial 
uh, around the middle of October. Dude, that's awesome. Like you are involved in a thousand things and I love that. I can totally relate to that. I just love your motivation and your excitement and you're young, you're energetic, you have a ton of experience. You are going to come back on this show though. Once the book drops as the book, not as four door golf, not as the director of instruction. Like you're like literally like, I'm sorry, Brandon and Jesus, unless you guys go out, like Brandon's going to come back when he releases his new book. Jesus changes jobs. Like, I don't know even know where he's at now. Let's get him back on the show. Like there's just a rotating door of you three guys that are involved in a thousand different things. But Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is awesome. This will be on iTunes, Google play and SoundCloud tomorrow morning. It'll be on iTunes forever it'll be on youtube it'll be you name it this is not a hard episode to find we had a ton of people tuning in tonight this is going to also be shared to facebook and twitter and the google plus golf community tomorrow the community is just over twenty-five thousand members it's growing every day excited to share your story with them so thank you so much for coming on the show and as always on the hashtag wednesday match plays you have to remember to eat sleep golf <laughs>